Have you been zombified? Welcome to the Zombified Podcast, your source for fresh brains. I'm your host, Athena Actipus, psychology professor at ASU and chair of the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance. And I'm your co-host, Dave Lundberg-Henrik, media outreach program manager at ASU and brain enthusiast. Yeah, we love brains. How many of you guys love brains? <laughs> Can you say brains? Brains. brains. Awesome. All right, so whenever you guys hear brains on the podcast as we're, as we're recording, feel free to just murmur in response. Brains. Same, same thing when you're listening at home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Driving in your car. Yes, exactly. So uh, today we have a very, very special intro episode. Um, actually, we have some, some art for this, don't we? We do. For our intro episode. Do you want to hold that up for everybody there? Ta-da! Okay, so that's me and Dave. Um, what is happening actually in this? Have you figured out? We're what? trying to get to the brain, right? We're like, it's is, like quarantine. It's, and is it I quarantine? And that's what I think. Like, it's like a little lab, and we've been locked out because we're the zombie. I think, yeah, we're, we've so. been locked out of the brain lab. And yeah. Then, but we're, we're working our way in. And then we got, that's probably like Clive and Mary. I think and, so, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, so, yeah. so this is our live launch episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the idea behind the podcast, how the podcast came to be. We're going to talk to some awesome guests, uh, the guests that are on our first two full episodes that are available for um, download right now on most major podcast platforms, um, the Puppypocalypse. We've got that right there with Clive. So we'll talk to Clive today. He's zombified by his, his puppy there. Like I love this old picture. school Ghostbusters <laughs> style. Like yeah. Like yeah. Hearing the puppy's thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk to Clive. And we'll also talk to Mary Davis, who tell us all about how to deal with the stress apocalypse because she's got that one down. You can tell her, her brain is blowing up, but she's like the Buddha, so yeah. So She's very calm about it, so. Yes, excellent. So, so that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk to uh, Clive, we're gonna talk to Mary. We're also gonna talk to a few folks who are in our wonderful audience about the podcast, um, and I think we're ready to get started, yeah? Yeah. Can we get started? It's crazy, but it seems so logical. Try to fight it, but it's something psychological with you. Makes me act the way I do. I'm not trying to be over analytical. Retracing time to remind myself how ugly this could be. So zombified. Zombified is all about the things that manipulate us, about the things that take over our brains, right? Yep, and, and take over our control and control our brains. Yeah, so what, what are the things that you mostly struggle with, Dave, in terms of your brain being taken over? Well, I think one that really resonated with me was the stress one. Stress, how that changes my behavior and changes my thoughts. That's a big one. So, yeah. And also electronics. Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. How about you? Uh, well, for me, I think the, the Monster Algorithms episode that we did with, uh, with, with Ed Finn. Yeah, well, since we're talking about it, I'll just I'll show our... So, so what, are, what are Monster Algorithms for people who might not Monster know? Algorithms. They're these algorithms that, are, that we have set in motion to evolve to manipulate us. Now, I don't say we like you and me, but like humans, we have set them in motion to evolve to manipulate us. So, um, for example, the way that our social media um, play into our psychological vulnerabilities to positively reinforce us. And also, Ed, Ed talks a little bit about um, you know, corporations and especially like mega corporations that have major online presence and have figured out how to tap in to us and, and get us to buy things. And he sort of talks about how that's their whole reason for living, 
right? Like that their yeah. their thirst is for our minds. Yes. And just getting brains. And controlling our behavior. Brains. And so they yeah. want brains. Uh, yeah, that was a good yeah. that's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. so I thought we could talk a little bit about the podcast, how it came about and what the ideas are sure. underlying it. Absolutely. To get started. So um, I mean to me I think maybe we actually disagree a little bit about whether zombies are a metaphor or not. I think they're not really a metaphor, but you said that they're a metaphor. Uh, well, I think, like, on, on screen, when you see okay. zombies on film, I mm -hmm. think that it can be a metaphor. And in literature, which we talked about a little bit, I think those zombies are a metaphor for sort of the real-life things that are taking over society, right? But, okay. but when we talk about these things like these monster algorithms and these corporations, those are obviously real, and mm -hmm. they're... Obviously, you know, actually, well, maybe, maybe it's not obvious, but they are actually changing our behavior. In, yeah. And that's not a metaphor. Right, so, right, um, right. Yeah, well, I, then I guess we do agree, right? There's like the real life zombies, the things that take over our behavior, the parasites that manipulate us, the um, algorithms that are able to manipulate us, and then there's fiction where zombies. <laughs> are represented and they're sort of a metaphor for all these things that are controlling us. Yeah, and I think that's why when we, when we have the episodes where we talk about zombies in fiction, I think that's part of why those sorts of things resonate. Um, right. And so, uh, yeah. So, and yeah. so part of the, the big picture for the podcast is actually to take both the very scientific side of what's going on with real life zombification and also the sort of metaphorical side, the fiction side, the way that we think about and talk about zombies in you know, popular media and kind of bring those together and use them both to explore these issues about our autonomy. Mm -hmm. So you were sort of like patient zero for this zombified podcast infection. So why don't you tell us about how you decided. <laughs> how did I how decide? You, how, or how you became infected with this idea. Yeah. Um, like. Well, so the first thing was I got infected by podcasts. and. Uh -huh. I know who to blame for that. She's here in the audience. Thank you, Jessica, my <laughs> graduate student. <laughs> so um, Jessica turned me on to a couple of podcasts that I thought were really great. And I started listening to them. And um, I, I also started realizing I was looking to, to learn about and to hear about certain kinds of things in a podcast. I wanted to, to learn about what things I didn't fully understand or realize that were affecting my behavior. And there were a couple of podcasts that I listened to that kind of touched on that, but none that really like dove right in to that. So uh, of course I was, you know, talking with Jessica and um, also with Christina, who's in the back over there. Christina, thank you. I was talking with them about kind of complaining a little bit that there wasn't a podcast that was about this, and that's, you know, really what I wanted to... No, they're both grad students? Uh, so Jessica is a grad student here in psychology, and Christina is my amazing, awesome lab manager, project manager, does everything that needs to get done. I don't even know half of the things that she's actually doing. She's doing so much. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was talking about this, sort of complaining about it a little bit, and then um, Christina and Jessica are like, well, why don't you do... A podcast. No, you 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 were already doing some things about zombification, right? Right. Yeah. So I organize a zombie apocalypse medicine meeting in the and fall here in October. Um, so that is a radically interdisciplinary meeting that is all about how um, how we can use zombies and the apocalypse as a as a lens to look at all sorts of issues. So everything from how um, we interact with each other as humans to what kinds of um, challenges are we going to be facing in the future? How can we better respond to disasters? Um, how do we sort of deal with the uncertainties of technology in the future? Sort of all of these questions and, and using the zombie apocalypse as a lens. So um, we had scientists and other scholars from all over the world really come and talk about their work and they did it without jargon. Instead, they used the language of zombies and the apocalypse. So it was fun. It was a really fun conference. And that kind of planted the seed for all of this. So then when I was kind of complaining about not finding a podcast that was, you know, sort of doing what I thought I wanted to, you know, hear and listen to, and uh, Jessica and Christina kept kind of, you know, nudging me to go ahead and, and do it. And eventually I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess it's 
I guess I'll do it. So how are we hoping to save society from zombification with this podcast? That is an awesome question, and my answer is we need brains. <laughs> brains. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. And we're, we're sort of sharing, we're sharing the sort of knowledge of exactly. the people of our, of our guests. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I think ultimately if we're going to you know, figure out how to solve all these wicked problems of the future, like it's not going to be just one person sitting in a room and coming up with the perfect solution. Like we need to bring together all the knowledge, all the expertise, um, and bring it together in a really cooperative, collaborative, and I think playful, imaginative kind of environment so that we can share our brains. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Thank you guys for <laughs> braining awesome. along at home. Yes, uh, yes. So, um, All right, so I, I did want to talk about one like thing science-wise that, sure. that kind of gave rise to this podcast too because I'm kind of a evolutionary biology nerd. Like I think I was reading... Dawkins when I was like still in high school. Like I really, really love evolutionary biology. And at its very root, like this podcast stems from ideas in evolutionary biology about how things evolve to manipulate other things. And so not every episode is about evolutionary biology, but that's kind of like the underlying thread that goes through a lot of it is that if we allow um, things to evolve, they will evolve to manipulate other things very often. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's neither good nor bad. It just happens. And um, so, so some of these ideas um, really kind of you know, stem from basic evolutionary biology, but also work that um, Richard Dawkins has done. So he has this, this very famous book called The Selfish Gene, mm -hmm. right? And The Selfish Gene is all about how... Um, individuals um, have genes, right? And those genes actually evolve to make more copies of themselves. Um, and this, you know, if you sort of take the long view on this, this means that organisms will sort of look like they're doing things in their self-interest often. Not always, right? Like if you share genes with others, so if you're a parent, you'll, you know, evolve to take care of your offspring. Um, and there's a lot of other situations where individuals will evolved to do things that are good for others. Um, but Richard Dawkins also talks about this idea. He calls it the um, extended phenotype. And the extended phenotype is this idea that we are not just our genes, um, in, or that our genes will not just evolve to like, make our bodies do things in our, own, in, our, in our own best interest, but will also evolve to manipulate stuff in the environment to do things that are in our best interest. So he uses an example of like, how beavers might make a dam, right? And you could say that that dam is part of their extended self, their extended phenotype, okay? okay? But you can then extend that a little further and say, well, what if, um, you know, you have an organism that evolves to manipulate another organism to do something that's in its benefit? Sure, like making, like, pyramids or something? Sure, yeah, you could say, sure. you know, anything, anytime you have an organism that is evolving to manipulate another organism to do something uh -huh. benefit of that organism itself, then you have a situation where the genes are not just evolving to make the organism itself, they're evolving to manipulate all this other stuff in the environment. And so, for me, like, that idea is kind of at the heart of a lot of what the podcast is about. Okay. So. Does um, that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, so I realize that my example of the pyramids might be a bad one because it doesn't necessarily, well, it may or may not lead to the success of those genes. But, uh, right, yeah. But um, you could think of, like, there's a lot of species that evolve to um, have uh, some sort of, like, mating display that manipulates the nervous system of the, you know, the, the male or the female of the species, right, to make them more attractive. Right. So you could say, well, they're evolving to, you know, manipulate the nervous system of another organism. Um, and parasites, they're a great example of this, right? So parasites, they can hijack uh, an organism that's not them and make that, or, you know, make that host work in the best interest of the parasite. Sure. Yeah, so um, that's maybe the, like, that, the best that, kind But of that's example. like, and I think a lot of times people think about that, like the, the toxoplasma Gandhi, like in the cat's brain or the mouse's brain, right, which we talk about. But then, like you're saying, it can also be through, it could be through conversation, it could be through a hundred other yes. different ways of manipulating yes. uh, 
the world, manipulating other creatures of the same species, like people manipulating other people, I think is a big one. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so for me, that's a that's sort of a big a big motivator for the the podcast is taking that idea and expanding it not just to the biological world and you know things that we sort of typically think of under the realm of like evolutionary biology, but thinking much more generally about how things evolve to manipulate other things and also how our capacity to affect others, how that manifests in our modern world, which is really different from and, the world that we have. And I think in. the other question that we often ask is almost the reverse where we look at a phenomenon, right? And we try to figure out who benefits from this, right? Like, is this serving somebody? Is this serving the original creators of this? Is this serving anybody? Is it serving, is the idea serving itself? Uh, yeah. And so uh, I think those are all exactly. interesting questions. So. Awesome. Well, I think we should maybe invite our first guest on. What do you I think? I think that sounds great. So. All right. Um, Clive Wynn, would you join us up here? Introduce yourself to everyone in your own words, please. Sure, I'm Clive Wynn. I'm a professor of psychology here at ASU and the director of the Canine Science Collaboratory, where we study everything to do with dogs and their wild relatives. And, and I'm not usually a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking really good today, Clive. Well, I struggle. This is what I struggle to, re to repress, my inner zombies. <laughs> but today it's all come out. Well, you're in good company, so we have uh, quite a few zombies, yeah, zombies we do. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Clive, um, would you tell us about your dog? Sure. I mean, my dog is, is perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my dog's name is Zephos, and she's nearly eight years old, and um, uh, she's just a perfect, loving, and beloved beast, and I would do anything for her. In fact, I made her a special dinner just last night. I fried her some liver. Nobody else in my family is willing to eat liver. But the dog loves it, and it's worth it just to see her so happy. <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> How's your dog? She's, she's good. Are you cooking for her? Um, I do occasionally make her eggs. Oh, but you probably eat eggs yourself, so it doesn't, well, it doesn't I, have I, the same... I make them for her, her the recipe? way she likes them. Oh, the way yes. she likes them. Scrambled, okay. so okay. I prefer mine sunny side up. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have you got a dog? Uh, I am dog sitting right now. Okay. My dad's dog. Okay. Um, and uh, so, which is pretty nice. We go for walks. And yeah. I think we've got a pretty mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. Because I enjoy the walks. Good, good, good. Well. And they're so, good for you. Yeah, I think they're good for both of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you almost certainly wouldn't bother, especially in this heat, if you didn't have a dog nagging you to take a walk. That's true. But, yeah. uh, but Sammy does really love it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I really don't mind it either. I do. It's nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so in the, um, the pilot episode of Zombified, we talk with you, Clive, about the, the puppy apocalypse. Yeah, the puppy apocalypse. That's a good one. <laughs> Especially after you've had a few zombie cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to say that three times fast. <laughs> so um, the, the idea of dogs as manipulating us. Yeah. What what is your what's your your big picture view on that? Are they manipulating us? Well, I think I think the short answer is yes, but the long answer is we're manipulating them too. And so on balance across the 100 billion 100 billion 100 the 1 billion dogs and the however many billion people. What do we say now? The more than 7 billion people, right? Yeah. So I think on balance taken over the whole planet, probably we and dogs are pretty much in balance. Probably. But there certainly are individual people who are giving much more to their dogs than their dog in any tangible sense is giving back. And there are, of course, individual cases where the dogs are giving more than they get back. So, um, uh, so I once read about a woman in Texas whose dog killed her baby. And the dog was then taken away from her and destroyed by the police. And she was quoted in the Dallas, what's the newspaper there? The Dallas Morning Star, something, whatever. The Dallas newspaper. She was quoted as, as, as expressing great upset that her dog had been destroyed. She said, I forget the child's name now, 
Let's say the child's name was Alex and the dog was Rex for the purpose of the anecdote. She said, I could always make another Alex, but there'll only ever be one Rex, right? She was, she was, she was distraught. That the, now, she, I think we could say quite objectively, had been zombified by that dog. It had killed her child, which is her biological purpose in existing, and yet she was so upset that the dog was was being destroyed. But, that, but of course, the whole reason that's a story is because it's a very strange thing. Most people, if their dog harmed their child, I think, most of, most of us would, would rapidly fall out of love with our dog, wouldn't we? I mean, that's what you would yeah. expect. And, um, and meanwhile, dogs do good things for us. They force us to go out for walks, and there's pretty good evidence now that, that the people who have dogs have better heart health, almost certainly because the dog nags them to go out and exercise when they wouldn't otherwise bother. And, um, and the emotional support. And our ancestors, and some people today, find dogs tremendously helpful when they go hunting and guarding property. These are, these are real practical things that dogs do for us. Yeah, so dogs can do a lot of good things yeah. for us, even though they also can impose some costs on us yeah. in some very yeah. real senses. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. on balance, you think, we're all winning. I, th I think on balance we're all winning. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, think we're all, I think we're all winning. If we're zombified, then, then we're zombified with smiles on our faces. You know, I, think, I think it's okay. That's how we in. like to be zombified, yeah. right? That's I mean, if we're going to be zombified, yeah. happy zombies. Yeah. I think yeah. at that point we're just perfectly mind-controlled, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. But we're also it. zombifying them. I mean, what are they without us, right? I mean, they, they, uh, they slave for us. They labor for us. I mean, it seems like an odd way of putting it. But the dogs that are most useful to us are the ones who you could most reasonably say have been zombified by us. So if you think about, say, a guide dog for the blind, or, yeah, I mean, a guide dog for the blind is a really good example. I mean, there's one of the most wonderful things that dogs do for anybody, right? I mean, it's quite an amazing thing that dogs can do. They can help uh, people who are visually impaired across busy city streets and things like that. Um, and those animals are usually spayed and neutered. So from a biological point of view, they are dead, right? To our biologist friends, if you've been spayed or neutered, you no longer have the option of passing your genes into the next generation. So our friend Dickie Dawkins, the other biologists, you're basically deceased. So they are slaving for us and getting nothing from an evolutionary point of view in return. So some of them could reasonably argue if we brought a dog on today, the dog could say, but I've been zombified by you some of the time, some of them. Now, yeah. now we, we breed them for that, right? So I guess yeah. some of there must be a certain well, right. percentage so that we, we increase well, their genetic right. if we, fitness. If we're gonna get in, yeah, if we're, if we're going to get into the, the genetic nitty-gritty, the breeds of dogs, the purebred dogs that are used as guide dogs, they share vast numbers of their genes, vast portions of their genes, with their brothers and sisters and siblings, you know, their, their mm -hmm. families. Are, because they're inbred, they're sharing more of their genes than we do with our brothers and sisters and cousins and so on. And so, even though they've been spayed and neutered, they've been biologically cut off from procreating, nonetheless, this is part of Darwin's, uh, not Darwin's, Dawkins' thinking, nonetheless, because their relatives are still alive and somewhere they have relatives who are producing offspring, mm -hmm then their inclusive fitness is still going forward. Still, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, Clive, thank you so much for um, joining us. At My this pleasure. point, um, let's have Jessica, Jesse, join us. <laughs> yeah, shoot one down. Hi, Jesse. Would you uh, would you introduce yourself in, in your own words, please? Um, I am Jesse. I am Athena Zombie in training. Um, <laughs> I study a lot of things, also like Athena, and also a zombie in training. Um, I don't know what else you want from me. Tell us about oh God, you're the puppy apocalypse. <laughs> you're gonna know all the strange things my dogs do in my life. Um, yeah, so I have two dogs, Kane and Charlie who have taken over my life since I've gotten them. Um, they have closets. They have their own closets? They have their wow. own closets. What do they have in their closets? Um, sweaters, way too many Halloween costumes, <laughs> bow ties, 
<laughs> Charlie's got some flowers that she wears. Uh, they also have their wedding attire. So Kane has a suit and Charlie has a little white dress. Um, five, <laughs> how do dogs feel about these dog weddings? Oh, oh that was for my wedding. It wasn't even for their <laughs> wedding. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, dogs, um, yeah, dogs do not form strong bonds when they <laughs> mate with each other. So a wedding is a kind of a... <laughs> A distance, shall we say, a distance, putting this as politely as I can, a very distant <laughs> for a dog. But of course, going to somebody else's weddings, I mean, a lot of dogs love a party. That's <laughs> not wrong. So other than, other than your dogs, what other things zombify you? Um, my cats and their toxins zombify me. Mm -hmm. I would say conferences. Conferences are how? a very strange place. Conferences, I think, are the only time you can get me not to take a nap during the day because I'm just so energized. Ah, really? Yeah. So big behavior change. Huge behavior change. Interesting. Um, sports zombify me. So like competitive psychology zombifies me, um, which is why. Compa like, like you get like in the zone. Yeah. Of, like, oh yeah, I yell at the TV all the time. Oh. All the time. <laughs> um, I don't know, I make a real bad human, but a really good zombie, because a lot of things zombify me. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Do you have any other um, thoughts about the puppy apocalypse that... Uh... I am waiting for it with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, Mary, would you uh, come up and join us? really hard to follow puppies. <laughs> just saying. Well, isn't stress just as fun? Oh, yeah. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what zombifies you, Mary? Um, oh, well, sorry. First, before, let yeah. me ask you to introduce yourself sure. in your own words. For I'm Mary Davis. I'm a professor of psychology in the department, obviously, and I study emotion regulation and health for a good reason, because it turns out how we manage things like stress have big impacts on health. Yeah. Yeah. No. What zombifies you? Uh, stress, I would say. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Um, but yeah, I think when, when I feel like there are lots of demands piling up and I don't have time or resources, I, and I'm overwhelmed by particularly unexpected things, mm. I get very zombified. So what happens to us in those moments when we're just feeling that stress sort of take us over and there's this shift kind of in, in how we're, we're managing? What, what's going on in those moments? Uh, well, can, can I ask yeah. what goes on for you in those moments? Um, when things are piled up and... I breathe really heavily. Uh -huh. I forget to eat. I drink way too much coffee. Um, I grab my puppy and I pet her to calm myself. <laughs> um, and normally I sleep worse. I get really anxious and I get more on edge, more likely to have a short temper. I forget a lot of things like eating, like I already said, and now. <laughs> yeah. You get into a mode where you're doing things and you don't necessarily know why you're not doing mm -hmm. things that are good for you. You may be doing some things that are bad for you. And you get really narrowed attention mm -hmm. to get focused on whatever is mm -hmm. troubling you. So if it's whatever it is, a relationship blows up or you know, your bank account's going, getting low or whatever it is, that becomes the, the stress of the moment. Mm -hmm. and it, can, it can just take over. Yeah. It becomes all about that. Yeah, you said something in the in the episode that we did with you here. This episode, the mindfulness uh -huh. cure. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> About how the the way that we actually process information yeah. changes yeah. when we're stressed. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, from an evolutionary perspective, it makes perfect sense that when you encounter a stressor, your attention narrows. I've got to deal with this because it, my survival may depend on it, and then. You deal with it, you fight, you flee, or you die. And then you're, when that is, issue is addressed and it's over, you're able to relax again and go on. Mm -hmm. But 
in modern life with modern brains. We don't. <laughs> I love that that works. Um, that the stress is ongoing often. If it's not a, a real event, a real a, an event that's life threatening, um, we can still perceive things as almost life threatening. So we can perceive the fact that um, somebody made a, a not nice comment about us as really life threatening and can continue to play that out in our minds. So the event's over. Yesterday someone said something not nice about me. This is made up because no one would say something not nice about me. Um, so what do I do with that thought or that what I heard? I'm sure I'm not alone. I would play it over and over. What did they mean by that? They can't be justified, can they? Oh, maybe they are and I should... F so it, the event's over, but it's not really over because it's still playing around in my brain. Mm -hmm. brain. 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 My brain. Um, <laughs> so the events used to be done for puppies, dogs. They don't, they don't um, ruminate about what, whether you fed them their favorite food yesterday, right? They, they move right on, right? <laughs> oh, you don't know that for certain. <laughs> I feel fairly confident <laughs> that they don't. So we evolved to deal with acute stress. We didn't evolve to deal with chronic stress. And we can create it because we continue. We persist in thinking about the, what the future may hold. We persist in thinking about what the past, yeah. the, the past that's uh, our experiences in right. the past. Yeah, and then the, you mentioned this other thing about how we actually start processing information in a less complex way, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. And in a way that can then make us even more vulnerable yes. to being further zombified. So it can be yes. like this so positive feedback loop. It can. Zombification. It absolutely can. So that, and that narrowing of focus makes a lot of sense to survive the, the threats that we used to experience. But it does not make sense in modern life, for the most part. I'm not saying that there aren't places and experiences where there may be chronic, a chronic level of life-threatening stress, uh, but for most of us, that is not the case. Yeah. All right, thank you very yeah. much. And let's have Zach oh, up here. Can I just put in a pitch for the, one of the antidotes to zombification is mindfulness, living with more attention to the moment. All right. Take a, a short break. <laughs> <laughs> I put this one in there too. Okay, Zach, would you uh, introduce yourself in your own words? My name is uh, Zach Compton. I've been with uh, Carl and Athena's lab for about two years now, and I'm starting here in the fall as an evolutionary biology graduate student. Awesome, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so. You're a big podcast listener, yes? Well, I was going through some of your tweets, and you're talking about being zombified by a podcast. Who is getting zombified by their podcast? And then I'm talking with my mom, and I open up my podcast app. It was 1,900 hours logged on this podcast <laughs> I'm just listening. So wow. anything that demands that fraction of your life, there's definitely that argument for it. So you're zombified by podcasts? 100%. 100%. What about podcasts zombifies you? Well, this is the second best argument for why it zombified me because we had this conversation before and you know what do you like about podcasts and why do you listen to them I don't know <laughs> I mean on a day-to-day -day basis I'm sure I have a reason for listening to any particular podcast but uh, trying to give an explanation for why in general I like them it's, it's hard to put your finger on it's almost like a nervous tick putting the headphones on mm, so, interesting yeah huh. now I'm getting weird looks from this <laughs> <laughs> Mary, do you have thoughts about this? It seem like you're... Well, that, that really is it's sort of mindless. We're mindless. We get in habits, uh -huh. and we just do it because it's the easiest thing to do, and we mm. sometimes don't even know why, and we lose sight of what's even pleasanter <laughs> enriching about the mm. moment. But if you're addicted to the Zombified podcast, don't worry. No, yeah, there's no, that's 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 that one is okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Zach, you've heard, I think... Uh, the puppy apocalypse and the mindfulness cure. The first two or three, and yeah. then Mark Minucci's podcast, which whatever order that came in. Okay. Do you have any 
um, thoughts that you like to share or questions for? So aside from the first two podcasts, which were great, um, Mark Minucci's podcast really caught my interest because you started off talking with this idea of being zombified by ego. And then your uh, James Watson, of course, is your example that you guys discuss kind of in depth. And that's always something I've kind of wrangled with is understanding why someone who is such an illuminating scientific mind at one point in his life goes on to devolve into this chaotic, nefarious side. And even uh, the guest that you had on, uh, Mark, is discussing he had his chance on video to kind of correct that. And it was like a true zombification because he couldn't recede on what he'd said. Mm. And so... You know, there's no excuse for that, but trying to find something to at least explain uh, that kind of behavior was really interesting to me. Awesome. Yeah, so the, the episode that Zach is talking about is an episode that is at the end of this season with Mark Minucci, who is a documentary filmmaker. He uh, made the um, Watson documentary. Um, I believe it's called Decoded. Decoding Watson or Decoded? Decoding yeah. Watson, yeah. yeah one of those. Um, and he's also made a lot of other films, and he um, produced Reading Rainbow for a long time. I don't know if any of you are from my generation, but I loved that <laughs> when I was a kid. I hope you don't have to put a spoiler allowout now that that one's not out yet. <laughs> uh, you'll, have to, on you'll have to subscribe um, so that you uh, then get all of, the, all of the podcasts. So actually this is a good time for us to maybe talk a little bit about what is out and what's um, to come in this yeah, season? I think that'd so be great. Um, we're, we're we got a little out of order here, but we can uh, we can recreate here. Let's so see. we've got right now this this is the episode that you're listening to and taking part in now. Um, it's out which, now, so it doesn't just keep have listening. a title. It's just like with Athena and Dave. I realize. Oh, well, yeah. it's okay. We'll come up with something. Um, and we have uh, the puppy apocalypse with. Um, Clive Wynn. Um, Clive, this is for you. you can oh, take great. That, um, the Mindfulness Cure with uh, Mary Davis. And um, Mary, if you like here, this is uh, for and you. One, one nice thing about that oh. is it has the cure for the stress we were talking about. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have uh, Mark Flynn. So he's going to be, or he is talking about stress zombies. And his angle is that Witchcraft is actually a real thing. It's about people manipulating each other's stress systems. Very interesting. So, yeah, Very you're interesting interested topic. in that. Um, Corey Wiesner, uh, she is a nutritionist at the downtown campus, and um, she works on diet and also um, microbiome a little bit and how diet manipulates us. She yep. also tells us about how many calories are in a brain. It's very useful. Right. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and we then, of course, have Ed Finn talking about monster algorithms, which um, you heard me talking about a little bit at the beginning. Dave, now who is about. Ed Finn? Yeah. So Ed Finn is the director of the Center for Center for Science and the Imagination here at ASU, and he uh, takes an amazingly interdisciplinary perspective, sort of you know, coming from computer um, science and sort of thinking about AI, but also uh, very much using fiction as a way of engaging with these tough issues. And so, um, so yeah, Ed talks about all of these forces that we don't quite realize are, are going on um, with algorithms that are yeah. affecting. That are having, having major impacts on our, on yeah. our behaviors. So. Yeah, so when you heard us sort of talking about that earlier and you're like, what are they talking about? What are these algorithms doing? Listen to, to Ed's episode, for sure. Um, and uh, next up, so after you're done listening to all these episodes, which we, we dropped, um, there will be Zombie Friends with uh, Jamie Krem. So that's um, going to drop soon. If, if you've ever felt like you were zombified by your friends wanting things from you or expecting things from you, mm. you'll find this episode quite illuminating, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So um, at this point, I think we should uh, take a, a little bit of uh, questions, questions yeah. from the audience. Um, does anybody... In the audience, have a have a question for our any of our guests. Grab this mic here. Anybody have any questions for our guests? 
Oh, we should have put in plants at the beginning. That's what they usually do, right? Talk shows. We could, we could ask people what zombifies them. Yeah. What, what zombifies you? Well, should we just we go to our... We have the board. Yeah, let's we have go to the board. board. Let's see what... Dave, should um, we come over to, come to our board here? Sure. I don't actually need to be talking to both of these. I just realized. Probably not, but it looks cool. You should do it. <laughs> should we just pick randomly? All right. So what do we see up here? I don't know. For some reason, Twitter. That, that one's is, mine. That's you. So, yeah. You're zombified by I'm Twitter. I'm zombified by Twitter. By, yeah. by tweeting or by reading other people's tweets? Mostly or? by trying to stay on top of communicating what is going on with this podcast on Twitter. Right, so you're yeah. trying to manipulate other people to your own ends. I guess so, yeah. Right. And then it's manipulating me, and now I'm just stuck in this positive feedback loop of Twitter zombification. All right. Yeah. We've also got worrying about mom. Oh, so who is we don't, who They don't necessarily have to. It if, could you, be. if that was your Zach? No? No. <laughs> 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 we'll to talk about later. <laughs> oh, and chocolate. Oh, Chocolate's a who's zombified by chocolate? That's five, five, <laughs> all right. Yes, yes. And mindless pick? TV, that's oh, a good one. mindless TV. What, what mindless TV? The TV that other people in your house turn on. Oh, here, yeah. You know, when everybody says, oh, here, let's turn this on, they just keep turning things on. And it just keeps playing and playing, and you're sitting there going, why are we sitting here? <laughs> so it's just that TV that's on in the background just, when other things are happening and nobody turns it other off. Other things should be happening. Sure. Yeah. But, but they're not, because yeah. you're just sitting there staring at that TV. Yes, yes. It's good TV. Yeah. It's good at zombifying us. What else do we have up here? Uh, we have... Actual zombies, apparently. Oh, zombies, uh, who's, who's zombified by zombies? Oh, you're not gonna tell us. <laughs> oh, that Carlo? Me? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, we have my students. Somebody is zombified oh, by their who's students. Who's zombified by their students? They left already. <laughs> <laughs> they had to deal with some email. On the same line, we've got meeting expectations at work. Meeting expectations at work. And we've yes. got constant flow of emails. Constant flow of emails. Raise your hand if that zombifies you. Okay, that's That's a good way everyone. to do it. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Let's see yeah, who, yeah. who is zombified, not just whoever wrote it, but if you were zombified by your relationships. Raise your hand. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also have, this is similar to Twitter, we've got Instagram, there's a lot of, and we've yes. got our phone, and we've got non-essential email, a lot of. All right, anybody on the Twitter, Instagram, any, any apps, zombification? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us. Um, I like this one, beautiful people, <laughs> zombified by beautiful people. That's an interesting yeah. one because it's like, yeah, yeah, it sort of shows how people's very presence that, can sort of does change. That count? Does, that even, does that even count? Because I was tempted to put something like that, but uh -huh. then I was thinking, again, in the sort of evolutionary biological framework, then strong interest in beautiful people, that's an entirely adaptive thing to do. I wasn't sure that that it counts is. as zombification. Although I think it's probably used for zombification. You know, in if you look the, at yeah, like yeah. fashion magazines and stuff like yeah, that, I think yeah. there's ways that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it is used to manipulate us. Yeah. Um, so I think then we've got, we've got a lot of things like Slack notifications. There's really a theme. Yeah, your babies, children. Oh, babies. That's babies another one children? that I think also is probably yeah. pretty adaptive, How right? How many people, babies or children? Wow, that's way less than dogs. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you got Netflix twice. Netflix seems like a really bad culprit to the right. Yeah. Just by your nose, Athena. Oh, Isn't that Netflix? yeah, yeah Netflix. two Netflix. Well, I mean, you know, there's some it's good, there's some good mean, TV it, now, right? So. Yeah. I think Netflix probably wins the prize. I think it's the only thing that's up there twice. Zombified um, by Netflix? Think, it's, more, it's more along the television line. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty similar. You know, you can say, I'm going to watch this great show I heard I read about. Yeah. And you start to watch that show, and then what's next? Yeah. With, you know, it's not a, it may start out as a choice, and then you... So you're not necessarily in zombie land when you turn it on, mm. but you can head into zombie land. So it, you get zombified by autoplay at yeah. the end. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah. it can really that can really throw off our sort of biological like sleep uh -huh. and things like that, and they they really are tapping into ways to be like I have to see what happens, I have to see who survives, and so uh, yeah. Three episodes later, would you like to eat dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. 
So. All right. Well, we got family here. Okay, that goes with the children and babies. Oh, and fashion trends. Fashion. Oh. oh yeah, fashion. Oh. Anybody zombified by fashion? <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. of people. Okay. More so than babies. Oh, we've got intimate relationships again. So that's tying with Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where is? Uh, okay. Oh, stress. More stress. Um, yeah, social media here, that goes with this stuff. And then we've actually, we this have? is interesting, because we've got some people who are, who are worried, this probably goes along with stress, but they're worried about how to survive. They're like, will there be any communication systems if, if there's a oh. zombie apocalypse, probably? And how would we get food and water? Which I think, that's, that's an interesting one, because yeah. I think that's one that people worry about in terms of zombie apocalypse, and probably also sometimes worry about just in terms of thinking about the future, right? Well, yeah, and you know, that ties into our, our final episode of the season with Emily Zarka, uh -huh. Duct Tape Before Guns. That's right. Where she talks about actually what you should have in your go bag if you want to survive the zombie apocalypse and what it might actually be like in the zombie apocalypse. So, but... That's, that's true, so that's a good one for, yeah, for those of you who are worried. title really says yeah, the so. summary, duct tape. And, and, and I, I think the rest of these tend to fall into, well, politics. That's yeah, a, politics, yeah. parenting. Schedules, oh, I like this one, ideas. I'm definitely zombified by ideas and the brains, brains. <laughs> that they come from. Yep. So um, maybe that's actually yeah, a good way for us good. to transition here and um, thank all of you for sharing your brains with us. Thank you to everyone on our show. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. thank you guys for coming out. And Zombified is a production of ASU and the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance. Thank you to the Department of Psychology and to the Interdisciplinary Cooperation Initiative, also to the Lincoln Center for Applied Ethics, and also the Zombie Apocalypse Medicine Alliance, all for supporting this podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're Zombified Pod. Also on Facebook, we're Zombified Pod. On Patreon, we're just zombified. And if you're looking for our website, it is www.zombified.org. There's no E, by the way. Zombified. Z-O-M-B-I-F-I-E-D. Yes, so. zombified. Yes, uh, So consider supporting us. We're a totally educational podcast, no ads, and just $1 a month will help make the difference. You can find us on Patreon. Um, and I want to thank also all the brains that help us make this podcast. <laughs> thank you to Tal Rom, who does our awesome sound. Um, to Neil Smith, who is the brains behind um, these illustrations <laughs> that are amazing. Um, to Lemmy, who wrote and produced the song Psychological that um, you've all heard. And to everyone in the Actipus Lab for, for supporting the podcast in so many ways. Uh, so, usually at the end of each episode, I share my brains a little bit. <laughs> I offer a story or speculation or something uh -huh. like that, but since um, we're all here, I thought maybe it would be good for us to each have a, a little moment to share any final thoughts we have. Mm, well, have like, any, along what sort of lines? Thoughts? Well, like, I, for example, was kind of zombified by just 
how awesome it was talking with everyone. You know, I was like so like in it, and uh, I, for a while I was like, oh, um, we have plenty of time left. Then I realized, oh no, we gotta we gotta stop now. That's and that's yeah. a sort of nice form of zombification. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I think. I mean, I, I just think people should listen to the podcast because I think uh, it's really important. Yes, listen. Yeah, just listen. this is just a direct, a direct <laughs> attempt at manipulating. Uh, go to zombified.org, listen to the podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yes, and and write <laughs> a review. Write a oh. review because that makes a, a big difference for getting the word out about it and um, helping us to appear in all of the you know new and noteworthy and all of that stuff. So if you have a, a few minutes to. To get on there and um, write a review for us, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. great to listen to while you're driving. Yeah, so. great. Any final parts of your brains? I was relieved that it's acceptable to be zombified by the Zombified Podcast. Uh -huh. So that's an excuse laid out for me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll get 1,800 hours out of me. <laughs> Excellent. I was thinking that I need to get a dog that doesn't watch next Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn between thinking about my dogs right now because they're at daycare and I miss them and wanting to go home and listen to Jamie's episode. I'm so excited for being zombified by my friends. I'm zombified, amazed, and zombified <laughs> by the sheer range of things by which someone could be zombified. That's what I'm going home with. Uh -huh. it's, yeah. it's scarier than ever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for good and for bad. Well, that's, I yeah. mean, for, that's for true. adaptive yeah, yeah, and yeah. not adaptive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for listening to Zombified, your source for fresh brains. Brains. Oh, it's crazy, but it seems so logical. I can't deny that there is something supernatural with you. Makes me act the way.